The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host, I'm your guide, as we cross the time-space continuum together to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. And within the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to watch us live as we do our show on Simul TV. Check out all the great uh, information about Simul TV on their website, simultv.com. And we're going to be on our very own 724-365 TV channel that is going to uh, bring you the paranormal, ghost, mysteries, things that go bump in the night from all around the world on the X-Zone channel on Simul TV. Wow, I hope everyone had a great weekend. It was Victoria Day up here in Canada, so I hope everybody enjoyed themselves, didn't partake too heavy in the festivities, and you didn't scare the heck out of your animals with your fireworks. And this coming weekend, I believe, is Memorial Day weekend in the States, so our good friends and neighbors to the south, to you, you know, get ready for your picnics, have a good time, and uh, whatever you do, be safe, because you, each and every one of you are a valued member of the Exo Nation. My guest this hour, Exo Nation, is Brandy Stark. She started her foray in the paranormal world in 1997 as an undergraduate at the University of South Florida. She wrote her first paper exploring the role of ghosts in ancient Greek writings. She started to research paranormal investigations and joined email lists with other paranormalists who mentored her into doing field research. Joining me now is Brandy Stark. And Brandy, welcome back to the Exo. How are you, my friend? Quite well. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me back. It's always a great pleasure talking to somebody who takes investigations as seriously as you do. <laughs> That's what I've been told, yes. Yeah. Well, then, it's, it's an interesting field, isn't it? It, it's, it certainly is. Um, but over the years, I've seen it go from uh, a hardcore investigative uh, phenomena to an entertainment field, more or less. And that's why when uh, Stephanie said, uh, Dad, I've got Brandy Stark coming on the show, I said, great, because we can talk seriously about what's going on out there. Do you find that, uh, or is, or am I just seeing this because I'm outside of the box and I really, you know, I've got to keep my eye on a lot of things over here. Do you find that there's a lot of more entertainment value in what they're calling para, what, what do they call it, Craig? Paratourism now than there oh, was when you and I first started yeah. way back when. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I know in the 90s when I first mm -hmm. started doing this, um, I was starting my career in academics, yeah. and it was very risque because, uh, you know, talking about ghosts and doing ghost research, and, you know, this was a big deal. And mm -hmm. I still remember, you know, I, I started off as a, an adjunct, a part-time professor at multiple schools, and depending on where the school or the college was, I had to, you know, kind of explain ahead of time because I learned one year I was interviewed uh, by a local news channel, and I teach religious studies. So yeah. this gets to be interesting when you walk into class 
And I had this one student look at me incredulously and say, I saw you on TV, and you're a Satanist. And I had oh, to my say, gosh. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, and so to have it kind of go from obscurity to a real rise in interest mm-hmm. with the millennialism, right? So 2000 rolling around, is it all going to end? What's going to happen? Uh, you know, it's kind of that last field of exploration. And then we kind of moved into the television shows in 2004. And in today's time period, um, I mean, my big question is, you know, what's happened to the cases? And at first I thought it was just me, but I'm seeing it more and more through social media, people saying they're not getting cases or they're going to the same locations over and over. Uh, A lot of it is, you know, Waverly Hills, going back to what's ultimately become kind of a tourist thing. And, you know, I've I've even seen the clientele, the folks that we would help, have Mm -hmm. certainly transformed as well. So I tend to agree with you. I think that I'm almost wondering if the field's kind of wrung out a little bit, that uh, it's gone as far as it's going to go, and we're kind of seeing a a very shallow response to the paranormal these days. I'm kind of hoping, Brandy, that what has happened is, is that the sensationalism has worn off and it's going to get back to the way it used to be in the 90s. I hope so. I'm waiting for that, too. Uh, I think we might have to bottom out a little bit more. Um, But I I found this really fascinating because I've seen folks that got into it because of the TV shows, did it for 10 years, uh, and now I'm seeing these same people saying, you know, well, I did my time, and I'm leaving the field, and I'm great leaving it, and, you know, it's it's a great field, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and and going out. But uh, it's it's been interesting because the really hardcore people uh, that really, I think, could have brought something to the field, uh, I think we're kind of the ones that are just kind of standing back and watching and seeing what's going on because it's, I have to tell you, as an academic, I'm kind of to the point of wondering, you know, do I identify with paranormal investigation at all anymore based on what I'm seeing coming out now? I don't know if I can risk an academic reputation. I mean, I already did sure. <laughs> back in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, and I... I have a careful line to tell. And I believe in my heart of hearts that this is why the hardcore mainstream scientific community did not get involved as much as I believe they should have. Because they were standing back and and I'm probably going to get a lot of emails for what I'm going to say now. But they were waiting for the woo-woo factor to die out. It's dying out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, and, and remember that the scientists came together in the late 90s, and I've got to find this article. I found it once, and it was a really well-written article that explained pop culture, mm-hmm. that uh, the paranormal TV shows uh, were coming out as science, as, you know, kind of the late 80s and 90s, yeah. is kind of this tag-along. And the scientists came together and said, no, absolutely not. And they were the ones in the late 90s that had it shifted from you know, a scientific study to entertainment. I mean, this is kind of where that reclassification happens. And, uh, and so here we are. And so um, I have to say, I know lately I've been doing a lot of talks on the role of culture um, and, and ghosts, but I've not been doing a lot of paranormal investigations. Well, I, I think one of the reasons that I find that uh, I agree with that, uh, that um that scenario that you just gave was because I've been doing the show for 28 years, four nights a week, five wow. nights a week. <laughs> for you. Yeah, you know, I think the last count was over 4,300 individual guests. That's not including the times we've had the guests back. And we were talking over the weekend. I had the, the crew, cast and crew over to uh, our home for our Victoria Day weekend. We had a barbecue. And, uh, you know, it it's, was... Well, Rob, after all these years, have you, have you, know, you know, what has changed? And I had to sit there and think, and I said, nothing, absolutely nothing. So one of the wives of one of our interns says, well, Rob, why, why do you keep doing the show if nothing changes? I said, it's very simple, because I believe the reason or the truth is out there, and it's only by bringing these people and giving them a platform to talk and to tell the listeners what they have done, what they believe, by putting all this information out there, somebody, either that they come on the show who holds the key to this phenomenon, or somebody listening will hold the key, and they'll call us up and say, you know what? Let's take a look at it this way. 
science, I hope, will catch up. Um, the one decent thing about this boom is that I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's going to be kind of like what Perry Mason did for lawyers, right? So if you talk to modern lawyers yeah. or slightly older modern lawyers, they're going to say they got into the field because they watched Perry Mason. They are also going to say that Perry Mason doesn't reflect the court drama, right, the court itself, accurately, but they were inspired, or like Scotty in Star Trek, right. who kind of brought about this wave of engineers. My hope is that the TV shows will at least bring out some interest in people coming up from a scientific and academic perspective, but the time period is very awkward. At least here in the States, there is some anti-intellectualism. If, if you haven't paid attention to what's going on down here, it's, it's surreal sometimes. So I don't know. I mean, what I'm seeing is not academic anymore, and... Uh, that's always kind of a question. Something that shocked me was a report came out in our local newspaper the other day saying that the CB craze of the 60s and 70s is coming back. Again? Again. Wow, I'm saying, that's great. You know, so I'm saying, you know what? If people are getting back into CBs, why anybody got into it, I'll never know. But anyway, if they're getting back into it, then there's hope for... The resurgence of responsible, honest, and dedicated paranormal investigations. I really hope you're right. All right. Uh, we, I will have, go ahead. All right. We've got to take our break, Brandy. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, Brandy Stark is our very special guest this hour. www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. That's spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. 
Welcome back, everyone. Brandy Stark is my special guest this hour, www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. Using your academic experience and your background, what part have ghosts played throughout history? Oh, now that's fun. So um, ghosts have basically been recorded throughout all culture and all time, Mm -hmm. through writing, Drawing is a little bit more interpretive, but there's some some theories about prehistory that what we're seeing in the art uh, might be symbolic of the liminal state itself or the spirits of animals, which is a a really fun thing. But we know that that ghosts are really these phenomenal things, like Homer uh, of, of the Iliad and the Odyssey, he utilized ghosts in order to kind of free people from being tied to a certain location. Uh, there was a belief in really ancient Greece that you actually had to continue to feed the dead, that you needed to be there for your ancestors. And when Homer creates Hades, uh, and he allows uh, Odysseus to go to Hades, to this land of the dead, it actually frees people up to create, interestingly enough, a melting pot society. People were no longer tied to their homelands, and they could actually begin to kind of move about a little bit, because the dead went somewhere else. So, you know, ghosts um, oftentimes played a role as a supernatural um, influence. They're outside of space and time. They were sometimes scary but not terrifying. They're not kind of the, the horror genre that we have today. Uh, but oftentimes they kind of showed up uh, in the Gilgamesh, um, the Iliad. You have Patroclus' mm-hmm. spirit. Uh, again, the Odyssey, when Odysseus, <laughs> best story, Odysseus goes to the underworld, and there's his dead mother, Anticlea. Uh, and I love her because she's the best mother guilt trip you will ever find. <laughs> and he's he's shocked to see her there because, of course, he's not been home for nearly 20 years. And uh, she says, essentially, uh, you never wrote, you never, you know, you never visited. And my heart broke not knowing what happened to you, my son. And I died of loneliness, right? They they kind of convey this information. They, they served as... Um, plot modifiers. Uh, Mm -hmm. She told a little bit about what was going on at home. They served as ways to find out information. I mean, they certainly didn't have the internet, so if you could communicate with your friendly ghost, you could at least tell you what was going on. It was a very good plot device. Uh, They gave you an idea of the afterlife, which unfortunately is not super pleasant. It's not horrific, but uh, it was kind of ho-hum. But they just, they were so fantastic. They show up in dreams to pass on messages. Um, They try to get the heroes to let go. Uh, Heroes are dramatic and passionate people, and they need their sidekicks. Uh, Batman always needs his Robin. The problem is, if you're a Robin, what's going to happen to you? You're going to die. You know, you're the grounding element for that hero, and that hero um, has to feel the humanness of death. And so it's always the sidekick who dies and the hero who goes through that catastrophe of death, uh, the survivor's guilt. So, I mean, they were, they were so much fun. Uh, the Middle Ages, uh, they showed up from purgatory to tell you what not to do. <laughs> One of my favorites is a ghost that shows up in lead garments because he was a scholar and he was reading all these books that the church didn't approve of. And so he's in purgatory wearing this kind of molten lead outfit until he burned off his sins, and he comes back and he sweats on the hand of another scholar who's reading a book, and the sweat burns to this man's hand. Of course, he's terrified, and the ghost says, "Uh, don't do what I did, because you're going to have this happen to you. And so, of course, the scholar says, oh, I shall put the books away. You know, so it's a cultural control. What do you not transgress? Uh, What happens if you do transgress? Uh, Well, you're not going to have a happy afterlife. So they, they're great. They're fun in literature. They're fun in history. Well, I can understand this in, in past times where there wasn't a TV, where there wasn't a, a Supermax theater, or where there wasn't the Internet. <laughs> Everybody doesn't didn't have iPhones, iPads. I can understand it. But here we are in the year 2018. In your opinion, as a scholar, mm-hmm. what is the, the draw, the attraction to ghosts in the year 2018? things get really interesting. I think it's a mixed bag. 
So I think one element is that it is, again, the unknown frontier. Mm -hmm. So we continuously find out new things. We're looking in the oceans. We're looking in space. We're looking everywhere. But that spiritual element that doesn't always fit in that nice scientific category, and science has its own issues, and I'm not going to go all through those, but, you know, what do you do with that? Do we... Do we continue on? And ghosts give us that answer. If we can prove a ghost, we know there's an afterlife, right? There's some dude who's still conscious without a body. So I think that's one of the big appeals, particularly as religion has kind of, it's not dissolved out, but it doesn't hold the same sway that it once did in postmodernism. I think there's also a fear factor. I hate to say this, but uh, it seems like, and I actually, I'm not just saying this, there's research. Uh, we are less empathetic than we used to be, and we're kind of hardened in some ways. We're hearing about volcanoes in Hawaii. We're hearing about, you know, the floods in Texas, the sure. hurricanes that hit Florida, all over the world. And even the excitement element, 100 years ago, all of that stuff would have been incredible and exciting and devastating. But, you know, we're kind of hit with it all the time. We're becoming really... Uh, desensitized. Yep. And I think some people are doing this for the thrill. They And I've seen it. I have seen this in social media. I love social media because you can just watch what's going on. But they want to feel. They want to feel afraid. And so, or they want to feel special. Uh, in a world of 7 billion people, what's happened to our specialness? So I have actually proposed a theory that I've not written about, and I should do it one of these days, with a buddy ghost theory that if you have a ghost, you have your own personal special friend, right, uh, that's there for you. And I, I've encountered that quite a bit. Um, well, a lot, of, a lot of kids that, that I've talked to over the years always talk about their, their special friends. That, that's it. You know, they, they uh, have, and, yeah. Go ahead. No, and no. adults. Here we are as adults, and what are we? We boil down to tax numbers and mm-hmm. college numbers and Social Security or whatever, uh, we're packed into cities, and ironically, uh, the studies that are coming out say we're lonelier than ever, even as we're packed into these cities, that if we were in a rural area, we would make more bonds with those around us. So people are looking for friendship, but it turns out that humanity isn't easy to get along with. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I come home to a grumble of pugs, you know, and uh, because humans, I mean, I deal with them all day, and they're very tiring somehow. But uh, that special ghost friend, you know, pays us attention, positive or negative. We can either ask for help and get more attention that way, or we can take it from the positive and say, hey, I've got this personal friend in my house uh, who's always there. Uh, I may not know it, but they're there for me. And so I I do call it the buddy ghost uh, syndrome. Um, And in fact, I just, this is where I question the field, because I just had this long-running IM message on Facebook uh, and bless this woman's heart, you know, she was an older woman and a mother, a single parent, uh, but she was convinced that she had a Native American spirit uh, that she had somehow met at a creek and that when she moved to the suburbs, it came with her. And I'm thinking, okay, she had proof in this image. And I'm like, well, that looks like a smear on your lens. I don't think that's a ghost. She wasn't going to hear that. Uh, and as this continued, uh, her discussion turned. Well, I think he's protecting me from my neighbor, from my psychotic neighbor. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, and as soon as you start hearing things like that, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. I mean, the conversation is theirs. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to listen. But she starts describing the psychotic neighbor, uh, you know, trying to set fire to a truck and all of these weird things and how this Indian spirit was protecting her. Well, there's that protective element. Uh, she doesn't get along with humans, but she's got her own special friend. So I, I think I think it's a sad state of affairs sometimes that we're dealing with this. I, I agree with you because something that, I, that I've, I've come across over the years is a statistic that the majority of ghost hunters are single moms or single dads. You know, yeah, that, that's, really... that's not only in ghosts. The same thing applies to UFO investigators, Bigfoot researchers, whatever, anything within the paranormal. You'll find people banding together uh-huh. for camaraderie because they can't get it anywhere else. They kind, of, they kind of fall in between the cracks of society. Now, that's an interesting 
Um, and I think, in a way, the TV shows have even taken away. I was I was a very proud individual. I'm you know I spoke about the paranormal and I was very you know mm-hmm. I was okay talking about it, but then all of a sudden everybody's doing the paranormal. My nail tech is into the paranormal. Goes to the cemetery to do EVPs, and it becomes less special. Um, and I'm wondering if, as that dies out, maybe the survivors, if you will, of the sad. Right. Uh, we'll end up banding together. But you've got a point. We're lonely. <laughs> we are lonely people. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, but you do end up with MUFON, paranormal teams, and Bigfoot groups. You're, exactly. You're quite correct. You know, and then those who dabble within the psychic realm, the mediums, the psychics, the, the shamans, it's just, it's as if they cannot find what they're searching for in the world that, we call reality. I, I call reality because I've got to pay my bills. I've got to do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and yet you've got those who are now saying, well, according to quantum physics, this is all, this isn't real. And, you know, I've yeah. asked, I've asked these, these quantum physics experts, well, do you pay your, do you pay your rent? Do you pay your, your mortgage? Do you pay that? Oh, of course I do. Well, why do you do it if it's not real? That's it. And that's where things get really complicated. Yeah. So what do we do? Keep on paying the I bills because you don't want to lose your house. That's right. Pay that mortgage. That's right. <laughs> All right, listen, Brandy, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Great talking to you again at Nation. If you'd like more information about Brandy, visit our website, www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. For all the broadcast programming we have available on the network, visit www.xzbn.net. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, 
a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Brandy Stark is my special guest, Exonation, www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And Brandy, uh, just before we get on to uh, some other topics, you, we briefly mentioned uh, the social medias. And maybe you, can under, maybe you can help me understand why people take pictures of the food they're about to eat and post it on. <laughs> Right. You got me, on, I, although I am guilty on occasion of really exceptional meals. Uh-huh. But again, uh, what do we do with social media? It, it's that, remember what I keep saying, we are in a really packed world and we're all craving attention. So it gives us this way of creating attention, right? Oh, look at what I'm eating, look at what I'm doing. And they've actually determined there are, again, more studies, although now you've got me thinking about the loneliness uh, element, uh, loners essentially not mm-hmm. only banding together, but uh, you know, rejecting standard reality, kind of like the flat earthers. Hopefully that's okay to say, oh, sorry. Sure. But, uh, and tying that, well, okay, I'll have to think about that. that. That's actually really cool. Tying that to the buddy ghost theory um, and our loneliness in cities. That's, a really, that's really deep. But social media... I think is, you're quite correct to bring that up, is another faucet of this behavior. Um, again, it's, it's a different way of uh, formulating attention. Mm-hmm. I see ghost hunters doing it quite a bit as well, and they'll post these images, oh, look, we got a ghost, and I'm like, where? You know, and they'll circle it, and I'm like, yeah. where? <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, nothing there. And what do you do with that, right? And again, um, this opinion-based ideology. So if I don't see it, one of my very favorite things, even with EVPs, is if I don't see it or I don't hear it, yep. then I'm not psychic enough. I'm not sensitive enough. And I'm thinking, but the whole point of the paranormal is that you want everybody to be able to see it as proof. <laughs> so I, I don't understand. Uh, and so you get ruled out and you're put into that other category. You're, you're not one of us, you're one of them. That's you're right. Skeptic. You know, and, yeah. and I believe that in this instance, as well as other instances, skeptics play a very important part. They're the grounding element. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, I will admit, and I do tell folks, you know, mm-hmm. they'll ask me, do you believe in ghosts? And I, I will say, I have had enough experiences. Now, again, it's maybe 5% of all of the study that I've ever done where I'm like, you know what, I have no explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10, if it's a good, good series of cases. But... You know, it is a bias, um, and I, I do have to acknowledge that. But skeptics are excellent, and we need skeptics, because ultimately without them, um, everything becomes paranormal, and nothing is proven. So, you know, I, there are mixed bags sometimes. I think about the amazing Randy and his million-dollar bet, right. and I keep thinking, but nobody will ever collect on that because he will never believe. You know, I, I'm curious if you actually could get a ghost to manifest in laboratory settings. Would you get that million dollars, or would he still find something wrong? Well, not only ghosts. So, you, could, you could say a thing, the same thing about, you know, with all the people who, who are out there each and every night scouring the skies, taking pictures of God knows what in the sky. You know, there, yeah, there still so isn't that smoking gun. Yeah, the, right. the Bigfoot people, there's no smoking gun. How come we haven't found a cadaver of a Bigfoot? You know, how come the, the uh, you know, the UFOs haven't kicked off one of their own who's passed on and we haven't found that body? There are so many questions as to, you know, how come? But there's always an answer. Well, that's because you don't believe. Which, which may, mm-hmm. brings another point. Is it possible that the earlier days there were the angels who were the buddies and in today's society the angels have been replaced by the ghosts or the aliens actually so i would say yeah i still remember doing this talk for our local uh, i call it mufon hopefully that's correct the local mufon chapter and this was this was quite some time ago i'm gonna say about 15 20 years ago I was the only woman there, uh, bless their heart. They were all gentlemen. They were very sweet. This was kind of the end of the X-Files era. Uh-huh. And I did a talk about the comparison of um, 
ghost investigation and UFO investigation, that we use a lot of the same equipment, we're describing the same kind of phenomena, oftentimes gray sleep phenomena, etc. And um, I still remember at the end, uh, they took me to lunch, which was very sweet, and I'm sitting across from this guy, and he says, you know, I can have out-of-body experiences. And I looked at him, and I said, well, how are you doing this? Cough syrup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It, it, so, I, you know, I would call that a hallucination, personally, with all the codeine. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, this was when I was younger. Over the years, uh-huh. I have kind of learned a nice poker face, and you just say, oh, that is interesting, and you kind of move on. Uh, and I, I just remember putting the menu back up, because I was like, oh, what do you do with this? I'm at lunch, and there's 15 of them around me right now. Right. But, and they were so sweet. But again... How are you going to refute that? Even if I brought up the alcohol content, the medicinal, mm-hmm. you know, content, uh, you know, and what I see with the UFO folks in particular is oftentimes a government conspiracy. Oh gosh! Um, and yeah. so there, it's a different form of paranoia uh, that they are out to get us, and it's the mainstream government. Uh, paranormalists. Uh, I'm trying to think what the major target's going to be. It's probably going to be the skeptics and/or the religious, depending on the type of religion. Um, I know the Catholic Church right now is in desperate need of, interestingly enough, exorcism priests. Um, but again, does that fall to actual demonic possession, or is this because people are getting attention? You know, and that gets to be an interesting question. I well, I've like I've said, I've spoken to many people over the years, and the leaders of of several groups themselves say that when they go out and they do an investigation, it's people seeking attention. Yeah, and the buzz, it really is. and the buzzword of the day is demonic. Yes, it is, and I I think that's where my my personal group mm-hmm. is having some issues right now because we don't do demonic, and I'm not advertising right. demonic. And basically, what I continuously say is, if ghosts exist and they are disembodied consciousnesses, yes, I think I can say that in the plural uh, of a human being. I mean, we have to get really specific of mm-hmm. either a human being and or an animal, depending. You know, we're not looking at the demonic, and we're not looking at the angelic. And if you trace the roots of the demonic, it goes back to King James, who did the King James Bible in 1611, uh, who basically uh, was, was pulling away from Catholicism, and in pulling away from Catholicism was getting rid of purgatory. And purgatory, of course, is the ghost state. The Catholic Church had a great time with purgatory. Many ghost stories are out there. So it's a political move. But he's the one who says, well, if you don't follow God's order, and, of course, Luke 16 in the story of Dives, where uh, a beggar dies and goes to heaven, uh, the other man dies and goes to hell and says, oops, I messed up, can I tell my brother I messed up? And Jesus says, no. So they pull on these two elements, then everything else is demonic. So it's not part of God's order, it rejects it. And that gets to kind of be an issue again, because... Um, if people are both good and bad, and I don't know about you, I've known bullies, sure have. I've known really awesome people, then in a disembodied state, some of that mentality will continue if they are truly disembodied consciousness. So that's as far as I will go. I am not dealing with angels. I don't deal with elementals. I don't deal with demons. Mm-hmm. But I have been told by other paranormalists that people want a narrative. So I can't go into a house and say, well, th- I'm not finding anything in your history. You know, we may or may not be picking up activity. It just depends. But they want this narrative, this story that they can adhere to. And I see groups who give it to them, particularly hostile haunters. And they will pick at these families, at these people. They do research. They talk to them until eventually the person gives up something, some argument they have with a dead relative and then it turns into, well, that's the one who's after you. You know? Yes. And then what do you do? Well, it's up to organizations like yourself who, in my opinion, are very credible to pick up the pieces. We try, but the, the problem is that the public interest may not be there. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm not giving people a narrative, if I'm not um, sensationalizing it, mm-hmm. I mean, my whole thing for the past 20 years has been, we need to deal with this with reason yep. and or compassion. If you do have a ghost, you know you don't want to be rude or nasty. And yet, you know you, you want to communicate, and then whatever happens after that. But this nastiness, this drama, this casting out—we mm-hmm. 
we don't do that. But you and know, I, the inter- really, there are a lot of groups out there, in my opinion, are very disrespectful because if they are dealing with the the spirits of departed people, man, they treat the dead like crap. And that's it. You know, even in the ancient world, you didn't have that. Uh, you know, the way you got rid of spirits was by clanging metal together, because metal comes from the earth, the dead are in the earth. It worked yep. out well. Uh, bells do the same thing, right? Even in, uh, you know, Taoism, you would ring a bell, you'd walk mm-hmm. around the border and ring a bell. You know, you're, you might make it uncomfortable, but absolutely, there is a, a level of respect. The other issue that I have is that sometimes I really wonder if it is psychological, so, you know, somebody thinks they're haunted and they have a ghost, mm-hmm. um, you know, do they really? And do you want to feed into that? And, you know, sometimes I think simply telling someone, listen, just speak out loud and tell it, these are your parameters. You know, please leave me alone when I'm in the bedroom and sleeping, please, and see what happens. Ask it to leave. And, you know, I find a lot of times people either try it and then it's cool. Uh, or that's not what they want to hear, and they move on. Uh, and in fact, this woman with the Indian spirit, uh, and that's what she continuously called it, uh, she told me she was amazed because she saw it with a, a round headdress, but not what you see on TV, not the stereotypical Indian. I thought, okay, um, it, <laughs> that's not proof, but okay. Uh, you know, so justifying and attempting to justify you know, what she's seeing is real. Um, but... <sighs> You know, it, again, this narrative, this desire, this drive, um, and I, I guess, again, I, I kind of look at the paranormal field and I just keep thinking, is this what I really want? Is this what I want to stand for? Do I give up being called a ghost hunter, which I kind of did a while back and say I'm a paranormal mm-hmm. investigator, but can I even say that anymore because I see... I still see what's being said. Brandy, stand by, my dear. You and I have to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Brandy Stark is our guest, a very welcomed guest here on the Exxon. And her website is uh, spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And uh, Brandy and I will be back. Don't go away. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, 
rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Brandy Stark is our special guest. www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And uh, Brandy, do you know what happens if you don't pay the exorcist? You get repossessed. Pum pum. Excellent. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the uh, your group, the Spirits of St. Petersburg. Well, uh, the spirits started in. Uh... Oh, 9899 mm-hmm. uh unofficially and uh I ended up doing a talk at a gallery of all things and they it was a Halloween art show cuz my my side gig is art and uh as I was in there and we were talking about local lore and legends this couple came up afterwards and they said hey we're retired house inspectors and we want to do this too they had the equipment I was a poor college student, <laughs> so I didn't have the money, but I had the knowledge. Right. And we, we really started out, and uh, the team kind of evolved and changed over the years. Um, I will still say this, and I'll say it quite openly. Either I'm a terrible person to work with, and I, I don't know. There are days where I wonder. Uh, or the paranormal field produces kind of a very tenuous connection with people because eventually either they get tired and they're out, uh, or they begin to disagree and they're out. Uh, but of all the fields that I'm in, I mean, I always thought academics would be the tough one, and it's not. I mean, they just ignore you if they don't want to hear from you. Uh, the arts, I always thought would be tough, and it is <laughs> a different way, but the paranormal is brutal. And so a couple years ago, I actually had to do what was called a, a volunteer release. I, I got rid of a, quite a few people who were kind of um, getting to be really nasty towards me, and that, that was a shock, and that was a really hard hit. And since then, I've kind of been, I've got a small, looser group Mm -hmm. um, of much more dedicated and grounded people. And, uh, you know, we kind of do things as they come up. We do a lot of research, urban legend investigations, uh, historical talks, and and that's kind of what we're doing these days. Um, Even pop-up ghost tours where I can talk about the history of this location and talk about ghosts and kind of talk to people one-on-one and hopefully dispel some of this. Uh, misinformation. And I, I think people are surprised. I think they enjoy it, as far as I can tell. Um, it's really exciting. It's a little tiring, but that's kind of where we are right now. What has been, uh, as as a member of your investigative group, uh, the uh, St. Petersburg uh, group, what has been your most awe-inspiring moment during an investigation where, as a scholar, as a researcher... Uh. As an, a member of academia, you were just... You I can't just, explain that one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there have been a couple of instances that uh, I look at and I go, I I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't find anything. Uh, some of my favorites uh, were, uh, it is now called the Indigo Hotel. Uh, it was uh, the Martha Washington Hotel, and we actually studied it for a year, so we'd go in basically every month. And uh, it was... Uh, it was really interesting when you go in with uh, a group and then you go in with folks that are not part of the group. Uh, we had some reporters that came with us. And I'll be darned if there wasn't an aroma of lavender. And everybody's looking and trying to figure out where this is coming from. There's no aerators. There's no perfume because we don't allow that on invest. You know, there's nothing that smells like lavender. Uh, you know, and, what you, and it, it moved. <laughs> it actually moved. Um, being able to find uh, in what is now the Capitol Theater a floating hotspot that actually had uh, almost a tangible definition. You could almost feel it, and then this this thing moved. It's like we poked at it too much, and it moved up a couple rows. I mean, it's things like that where I'm going, well, I can't say that's an air mass. (laughs) I can't say that's heating or air conditioning because nothing's on. Uh, I have had other people find this, you know, and have this experience. Uh, we have had lights turn on and off. Um, 
provided, uh, and we're locked in the building and everybody's inside, so unless somebody is able to maneuver lights really well, which I can't quite figure, out of eye shot, which is not possible, uh, I mean, that's always kind of interesting. Um, walking through a cold spot in Florida, <laughs> sometimes it's really warm when you turn off the AC, and I still remember it was registering 88 degrees in this house, and uh, I'm walking with my uh, my meter, and just walked into this wall of cold and just one step right through it. And you turn around and go, okay, it's 88 degrees. It's 80 degrees. Wow. <laughs> it's 88 degrees. And it actually moved down the hall. Other people actually felt that. Um, those are kind of the really exciting things. I mean, they're all really minor, but uh, major for an investigator where, you know, I have tried everything I know of to rule this stuff out. Um, Usually I end up working with pretty decent people, though, uh, and, and they remain pretty calm, and they can deal with this phenomena. I've had the one home that had the moving cold spot. Uh, we did some research. It does turn out there was a, an elder person that I think had dementia, as I recall, and that was kept in a back room, and the hallway was the one to the bathroom. Uh, and so this cold spot seems to, to tie back to this history. The person died in the house, and so perhaps somebody's still trying to wander through to actually find the restroom of all things. <laughs> Very, you gotta uh, go, you gotta exciting. go. But, but exciting, yeah. you know. So it's, it, has been, it has been really interesting. Um, one case that I really love is the Haslam's Bookstore, where Jack Kerouac, I taught his book at Eckerd College at one point. All right, on the road. Uh, Jack Kerouac allegedly haunts the store, and I took a picture with 400-speed black-and-white film, like right. film camera film. And uh, five shots in a row because we were getting EMF from this spot. They turn off the power in the store. Couldn't figure out what was going on. And the middle image had this beautiful mist oh that gosh. goes across. And I actually entered it into a horrorfind.com contest years ago. And it won second place. I was like, well, that's cool. Um, I mean, it's, it's not what people think. I mean, I think that's maybe where I do lose some investigators because they're waiting for you know, I had one woman who wanted to hear from her sister again, and I'm like, but that's not how it works. Yeah. I, I can't tell you you're going to hear from your sister here. Um, and, you know, she kind of did, a, you know, six months and then kind of disappeared, you know. And so, you know, I think that's the other issue. And I think at this point in 20, well, 97 to now, 21 years, um, I think I'm looking for people that are a little bit beyond that basic step. I really do want to find some mature more mature investigators who have some experience and are pretty grounded and who can come in and say, okay, let's really look and see what's going on. For anyone who is contemplating, after listening to your interview with us this hour here, Brandy, they're contemplating on giving, uh, giving being a paranormal investigator a try. What are your words of wisdom for them? This is where things get interesting. Um, number one, uh, I would look in your area for local teams. Two, I would check the reputation of these teams and check what their – they should have some sort of mission statement. Um, now, granted, the Spirits of St. Petersburg I did do as an LLC uh, only because I wanted the legal protection and no other real reason. But, you know, you do try to create a mission statement, Certainly. a statement of, of phenomena, of what your, your belief is, what your uh, – you know, why you're doing this, what to expect. Uh, so I would look into that. I would – do an interview. Make sure you meet these people and that you get along with them because if you are going to run into something supernatural, you need to really trust the people that you're with to either say, you know, calm down, there's nothing here, or, you know, we got your back, let's get out of here, or whatever it is that you need. Um, I think having a very cohesive team is very important, so make sure that you are comfortable with these folks and that they're comfortable with you. Uh, I also recommend anytime you do an investigation to make sure that somebody in your family knows where you're at because you'd be surprised and never investigate alone. I think that's one of the biggest issues I have right now is that I see all of these paranormalists and they're going out by themselves. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Number one, it makes it invalid because if you see something and nobody else does, then you know, you're going to have to really show this happened. Right. Uh, and two, what happens is something happens to you. <laughs> so... Uh, I know without a team, I probably would have, you know, I'm looking at equipment. I'm trying to keep everybody moving. A couple times I've had folks say, you might want to stop because there's a stairwell in front of you. <laughs> so, uh, 
So, and I'm not that graceful. I, I do not really want to do any form of falling downstairs. So, you know, I think all of those factors are really important. Mm-hmm. I would also suggest looking around. Do not go with the first team that you read about. Look, uh, find somebody that you think is reliable. Um, make sure you check out multiple sources. Um, do not believe what you see on TV because it's entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not paranormal investigation. It's also uh, what? It's also being done for ratings. It is. Yeah. Uh, what, what was that thing that happened on Ghost Hunters with the tugging on the jacket, and they called it Jacket Gate or something? I don't know. Uh, you know, where, where all of a sudden folks are like, oh, wait, there's a production team. Yes, there is. Uh, I will tell you, uh, I got called in as a local historian, of all things, for Dead Files. And yeah. I don't mind being a historian. That's okay. But, is it, but isn't uh, that what all ghosted, uh, ghost researchers really are, are historians? That's right. That's yeah, what we do. Exactly. Um, and it's kind of funny because uh, I had no idea. I, apparently I'm going to be on season 10, episode 13. We'll have to watch I it. I can't say anything else. Okay. But watching how they did this was mm-hmm. really interesting. And I'm dying to see the outcome. It's probably going to be like a two-minute blurb where I talk about the history. But we had to um, – I, I did a test conversation. So they wanted to see how I flowed with the information with one of the assistant producers. Then I did a dry run-through with the, the star. Then we did it twice on film, and they told me I actually did well. I said, okay, good. Uh, then there were shots of me handing things over. Then there were shots of sliding shots, I guess, to zoom in for drama. Then there were still shots. Then there were, you know, and so I'm watching all this, and I'm thinking as a, a humanities professor, film right here, you're watching the elements of yeah. drama and excitement, right? I mean, this is just a little history blip, but, you know, about... Well, about this area. But you know what, Brandy? We have to say so long for tonight, but I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, no problem. Please come back and see us at your earliest convenience because you and I have so much more to talk about. And I love the way that you approach the paranormal. Well, thank you. And I enjoy the show so much. I really appreciate being on. Brandy, take care of yourself and uh, please give my very best to the other members of your team. I will do so. You take care as well. I will, my dear. Exo Nation, our guest this hour has been Brandy Stark. Her website is spiritsofstpetersburg.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. 
He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.